I'm Jonathan Hayes of the St. Louis Battlehawks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of February 6, 2022, on the road to kickoff 2023. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The Super Bowl is next Sunday, and rumors are we get some XFL announcements, too. What will they be? This is episode 208, and we're going Commander. Bryant, Commander, not Commando. Washington Commanders sounds familiar to another spring football league team name. We'll t- talk some of that talk. I don't know. F- fixing it. So your coach will lose and tanking. We're going to have a lot of fun on this episode, a week out from the most stressful football game you'll watch all year with the Rams in the Super Bowl. How you doing? He, no party. That's for sure. I don't, you know, know what everyone keeps asking me what I'm doing. For, why? I don't know. People ask me what I'm doing for the Super Bowl. And uh, I tell them nothing. I'm watching the game. That's that's what you do when you're a fan of the team. People in LA don't realize that sometimes. They don't. They don't realize that. But you know what they do know? They realize that we are 53 weeks from kickoff in 2023. Just barely over a year from kickoff now. Here we are. Yeah. Two years removed from kickoff in 2020. We are almost one year away from kickoff in 2023. We're just stuck right, stuck in the middle with you, Alan. Yes, we're here, and you know what? I uh, I want to acknowledge that two years ago too, we got the we had the first baby of the XFL. So I hope you had a Thank fun, you. stressful uh, baby birthday, two year birthday party. Was that what's going to be wor- tougher on you? The birthday party you just had, or the Super Bowl? That's my question. Mm. I've been waiting to ask all week. You know, I had a little bit more control over the party, so I will say the Super Bowl is a little more stressful because I have no control other than okay. you know, sitting in the exact same position that I've sat in for every uh, – well, no, I've never did that actually. But, you know, <laughs> some sort of thing. You, have, you do have a little bit of control over that, although I, I've, seen, I've seen the way uh, the first baby of the XFL can get down. She's rowdy, so I hope she had a pleasant second birthday. <laughs> Great birthday, running around, had a great dance party, globe party. I'll send you some pictures. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't post any of the pictures of me dancing with her, looking like a a dumb uncle. I was not dancing. Your niece. It wasn't really dancing. How was your? You had a a nephew's birthday, too, didn't you? Yeah, and I had a nephew birthday, too. It's been baby birthday bash, you know, with no football going on. And this is like the first non football game weekend. I mean, unless this might work out perfectly every year, by the way. The weekend oh, that is no football will be my child's birthday. Is birthday? That's I mean, you did it well. Good timing. Shot your Thank shot you. and hit the target right on time, baby. Yeah. And then two weeks later, boom, gone. XFL kickoff. Yes, here Every we go. Year. And that's and we're planning one year out now. For, from now, we'll be talking about a kickoff. But today, we'll be talking about some things, and we're talking about some things, heavy things. The NFL and all that's going on there, how does that affect the XFL? We're going to get into that. The Brian Flores situation, potential, I don't know, tanking purposefully of games by NFL owners. 
And then we have some USFL news, which Bryant's most excited for today because they are closer. 69 days away. Nice. Nice. Uh, They are 69 days away from kickoff as of this live on tape recording. And um, yeah, that's closer to have the draft or player Player selection meeting. Player selection meeting. Uh, good, Good on them. It's happening. It's happening. It's really, it's really bizarre. Sixty nine days, and and we, you know, go digging for facts on the USFL to talk about them every week. Um, and I just feel like sometimes I don't want to bring up certain things we read on the internet for that league because none of it's official. None of yeah, it's official. True. It's all rumor, innuendo, leaked documents, which we will talk about today. It's just you know some because we always want to you know bring up mostly facts on the show and then sift through them, not the rumor and the BS because there there could be a lot of that. But that's kind of mostly what you get with the USFL only 69 days out. Alan, when you put these shows together, you probably you probably have more perspective on than this than pretty much anyone is when you're looking for news for the XFL right now, there's not a lot. It's it's not out there a lot, right? No. How much more news is there for the USFL? Uh being in, that there's you know, f- you know, 69 days away from kickoff. 69 days from remember, 69 days from kickoff versus 53 weeks. And comparatively, there should be way more USFL news. And there still is more USFL news, but not by the stretch that it should be, I would say. Personally, I would expect I a lot more. All I did was ask the question. No one bashed me. Official. I just asked the question. And Alan, Official news, I'm saying. Alan answered it the way I expected him to answer it. Official news from the USFL, I'm saying. And it's not there. But there is some USFL to get into today. So let's proceed. 724-565-4XFL is the XFL fan line for you to call, text, send. A, you could send. I think you could send GIFs through it to us. We see them. I saw a GIF this week. Uh, pictures, people Photoshop and sending us cool stuff. Getting involved in the show that way. That's 724-565-4XFL or at XFL show on Twitter. Or whatever social media gimmick you're on, hit us up. DMs are open. Let's interact. Let's talk XFL each and every single week when we're not doing the show. You could bring up your your phone call, your text, whatever. We we interact with you. We bring you on the show every week. Right at this point, when well, after I read the ad, of course, and I do have to tell you about our ad sponsor. It is, of course, people who help us put the show together. Pretty easy podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now to get your own podcast started whether you are a current podcaster or a budding podcaster wanting to dip your toe get started get things get some help get a little extra assistance to sound good and maybe just focus on the content so you don't have to learn new skills or whatever the best part about it is you get a partner in crime with pretty easy podcasts well not actual crime but podcasting crime I don't know. Are we, we're, some would say we're committing crimes each week when we're working with them because they make it so damn easy. It's so simple to put a show together, especially in 2022, where you could sit on your keister at home in front of a computer or an iPad or even a phone and podcast. And Pretty Easy Podcast helps you do it however you want to do it and make you sound good doing it. It's so simple. Seriously, all you have to do is go to prettyeasypodcast.com, get started today at an affordable rate. Uh, because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy, uh, so easy that they'll be able to edit that little clip there, and so easy <laughs> that uh, if you had sixty nine days to put a podcast together, 
They do it in less. That's how great. Oh man, that's like nothing. Is. Oh yeah, if you had sixty nine hours, sixty nine minutes, even, I'm pretty sure they can handle. As long as you had a microphone, you do, or or you know, some device that records. Yeah, I mean, yeah you know, they records. do it. Yeah, ideally, a good microphone or a, a, you know, middle of the it's road. They're not too expensive these days. Consumer grade. You don't need to be all. You don't need these crazy microphones that they have at corporations like Spotify, where they're giving you all the best equipment just go out there and do it if you have an idea damn it do it that's what i say and leave that blip blip that little stutter in there from bryant and my stutter just now i don't want to put too much work on him bryant because there's gonna there might be some editing coming up we might get heated today and say things like you know we try to keep it pg i might say some things today because we're talking about like things I feel like you were supposed to set me up a little differently on that that's why i was waiting for one more setup but maybe i was just it's been a while Last know, week, it, Vince you know, was here. We had a great Vince show. Threw you off. Yeah, threw me birthday, off. I didn't have the leader. In front Super of me Bowl on your mind. You're dan- are you gonna you haven't you gonna dance and ram it on the show next week if uh, the Rams win it all? Or I guess we'll be doing one more. Sh- we'll be doing that show before the Rams. Or yeah, we'll have a pre Super Bowl show, which hopefully has a lot of news that we can't wait uh, to actually do that show. We'll see. Let's hope. Let's if hope. there's a week for him to, for the Rockin Company to actually announce something for the XFL, it's the week after the Rams win the Super Bowl. At least here in LA. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, we'll make some like last second predictions on that later on. Let's think and dunk real quick. At XFL Fanboy 3 uh, hit us up and said, At XFL Show, hope you guys are staying warm because it is very cold here in Ohio. Uh, I have been staying warm. I'm in Florida. Uh, and uh, I know Brian out in Cali's doing all right. Uh, but I'll be going to the cold soon and joining you, XFL Fanboy. Uh, and I know you, you watched the Royal Rumble episode. I don't know if they're talking about yeah. this show's. Do we have a Royal Rumble episode of this show, or is you mean I mean, we mentioned the Royal Rumble, Rainbuster Radio, the Royal Rumble episode? That's the real, <laughs> which Royal you can find Rumble on your episode. on any podcast, FreeBusterRadio.com. Check at it the out. Busters. And then new and the views and and thoughts expressed on that show are not affiliated with this show whatsoever. <laughs> Those are all characters. Those on are that all show. their characters. Well, they're not even us. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're right, uh, but. XFL Fanboy 3 said the USFL is a side dish and the XFL is more like the main course. And uh, XFL Fanboy, that's from Joe Samples Sr. I think someone said that too last week on the show, but pinpointed the, the actual side dish the USFL would be related to. Uh, the USFL right now to me is that little like dish they bring out so you can wash your hands in before you and then they take it away. <laughs> oh, that's not even food. That's not even food. Yeah, it's that that's... weird dish that you're like, am I supposed to drink this? No, sir. You're supposed to wash your hands in it really quick. That's what you're supposed to oh, do. no. Come on. It's football. <laughs> At least it's edible. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it's edible. But uh, maybe it's like the, the garnish on something. You're not, it's like edible, but you're not. I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to eat that. Uh, it's, or no, it's like it's thinking that wasabi that. is avocado. I'll give you wasabi and ginger to combined with some sushi, and then and then you can maybe that's as low as I'll go. I'm Ooh, thinking guacamole, more, and yeah, I'm thinking more like a guacamole, or you know, it's 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 edible. It's a, it's probably tastes good, but it's it's not a whole meal. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> is with the USF with Fox basically kind of out of the football world right now. 
where's their advertising going to come from now? I, you know, NBC has the Olympics going on. I've been watching a little bit of it. I haven't seen too much commercials, too many commercials, excuse me, of it. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lull. We talked about how is April the right time. Well, if you're on Fox and you don't have sport sporting eyeballs on your channels every single day of the week, I don't know how much advertising that matters anymore. We'll see. Yeah, the the different pro. It's funny. I you see uh, people post the promos, the different promos they're putting on Fox and some on NBC now, and they do have. I think one ran during the race at the Coliseum for uh, NASCAR, a USFL promo ran on that. But this, these are again commercials. They're not. They're not even ad reads. I feel like the AAF at this point was getting more reads done by the NFL broadcasters than what we're getting onto the CBS games than what we're getting on Fox, which are really quick. Blink and you miss some spots for the USFL. And the weird thing is they own the league and uh, they're not really dedicating too much in terms of marketing the league yet because there's nothing to market other than it's a retro league. How many people actually care about that? Very few. And they're in a select age group. We know there's a player pool. Who's in it? We don't know. We know the coaches, but can you really sell Jeff Fisher <laughs> to come watch Jeff Fisher coach? That's not a selling point yet. Half the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're right. The, the the marketing 69 days out, too, just really not leaking news, not not announcing anything, really, not promoting anything too much. Very interesting how it's being rolled out. Again, it feels it feels. It feels like a side dish. Gazpacho is what, what someone once said, right? Gazpacho. It's gazpacho. Delicious. Not yeah. filling at all, though. Not filling. Yeah, so is the is that water is basically gazpacho too? But it's a cold thing they just bring to you. You don't eat that though, and yeah, it's you can eat it before. Gazpachos. That's disgusting. Roberto <laughs> Garcia on the XFL fan line hit us up. Love the Photoshop, uh, Roberto. Uh, sent us um, maybe we'll pull it up here in post here pretty easy podcast folks I put it up on the screen unless Brian has it I don't know uh, but Roberto sent us a mock-up of what the next Washington Commanders coach will be now that they, they the football team has a name they are the Washington Commanders and uh, he said it should be the Cobra Commander he put Cobra Commander as the head coach oh, of the Jesus. Washington Commanders if you're looking at it, that's pretty badass right there. I like that. Very nice, Roberto. Oh, is that the, that logo the, you sent on Discord? Yeah. Oh, commander. I was hoping that was official. I didn't know the it was Cobra Commander. Uh, I would have preferred Commandos, but it's Commanders, and we must acknowledge that they did rip off an AAF team's name. And actually, let's go, let's relive the days of the AAF real quick and uh, show everybody what a real commander is supposed to be. In Military City, USA, duty, honor, sacrifice, these are not just words, they are a way of life. For 300 unbroken years, men and women have defended a cause greater than themselves. From the Alamo to today, San Antonio has always been home to the Commanders.
So San Antonio is the real home of the Commanders, Brian. But I now agree. it's Washington. Uh, no more the football team. They are the Commanders. A lot of the reaction to this was that's an XFL name. No. If you're paying attention, it's an AAF name, literally. Now it's an NFL team. And I'm actually I'm okay with it. Whatever. Take another team's name. Doesn't bother me. Commandos would have been cooler. But I'm more upset that their font kind of is a ripoff of the Steelers. And I can't I'm colorblind, so I don't even are the colors the same? Did they stay the same? Yeah, I think they stay with that red, didn't okay. they? Okay. But or they do they have been. like the, the lines and the lettering. It just feels very Steelerish to me. Not a fan and all kind of offended. And if I was the Roonies, I'd look into maybe suing Dan Snyder. Okay, so first off, uh, your offense is probably trumped by the offense of the previous name, so suck it up. That's true. You're right. <laughs> Got to respect that. <laughs> and um, They just can't – just proof they can't get anything right there, though, in, in those offices in uh, wherever the hell they're based, in Maryland. Yeah, it's pretty – Similar, right? Are you looking at it? I'm looking at it now. It's it, – the red's a little different. Taylor Heineke is going to look great in this, though. Is he actually going to play? And where? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) He will look good if they let him. By 2023, I think we have a good shot at Taylor Heineke back in the XFL, if you ask me. But we'll see. Uh, Look, they had to pick something, I guess, Commander. I don't remember Commanders being one of those last few ones that they had nailed it down to. But here we are. Commanders are Commanders. We're going Commander. God, it's so lame. Could have been Commandos. Could, could have been so many other things. At least it's not I would Defenders. Have liked to, I would have liked to have the same syllable count as before. As foot, the football team? Or no, the previous name? Yeah, previous name. I would have liked to have... It would have been like, at least it rolls off the tongue the same way. Oh, because they can't even do the song anymore. They can't even change the song lyrics. Hail to the commanders. (laughs) Losers we be. (laughs) Fight for old DC. They can't do that. The uh, the commanders taking the AAF's San San Antonio commander's name is uh, not a surprise, not interesting, but what is interesting is uh, that they couldn't, maybe if they wanted to, have taken an old AAF team's name, but they couldn't because the or the, the USFL, excuse me, because the USFL's back and that IP is alive and kicking. We must acknowledge that they are kicking off in just 69 days, Bryant. And if you're ready, I'm ready to get into a whole lot of USFL, uh, you know, for 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 the USFL. It's not a whole lot, but it's something to talk about in this week's cover too. <laughs> Appearing on 365 Sports last week, the USFL's Executive Vice President of Football Ops, Daryl Moose Johnston, said a lot of things about the league and, you know, not, not that Moose. No, he's not Mr. Mr. TNA. He's uh, the former Dallas Cowboys fullback. Former, I believe, AAF. He's been with all of them. Well, he was yeah. involved with the XFL, yeah. too. He was a Dallas player, yeah. personnel, something. Yeah, and, you know, he's now with the USFL, and he said some interesting things. But what stood out to me 
was the welcoming of competition with the XFL. He said, quote, we look forward to competing with them. In 2023, in regards to the XFL kicking off in just a year's time. And, you know, we'll get into more USFL in, in, like inside the league stuff here in a second, but I want to look outside of it uh, and, and beyond its first season. Do you think all the cost-cutting measures they are actually taking is making it likely they do compete with the XFL in 2023? Like, are question. you anticipating this? Uh, I'm not anticipating. I think more and the, more. the I think the USFL is going to find a, a nice niche in finding decent players that are not going to make the X the NFL. Because if you can do that, then you could probably you know have them on your teams long, kind of like the way the arena football did, right? Because arena football had their players, like they weren't so. You know, the CFL, same thing. They have their players. Those players don't move around to the NFL too often. Well. I, I'll tell you, though, from what we've heard from um, Moose Johnston in this interview and even in particular and other uh, members of the USFL, you know, talking about they'll be gunning for younger players who are looking to get to the NFL. And Daryl Johnson in this interview did say our league is uh, training camp friendly from when it starts and stops. You'll still be able to make a training camp. They're selling the league like to players like play here and you have a shot at the NFL they're going to try to give people a a stepping stone to the NFL I think they're going to at least try to do that and you're well I mean they could be doing it this season what I'm saying is is that maybe if they're if their focus is to make money on a television program maybe their focus is not to compete with these leagues but to offer salaries that make sense for them and keep these players long term yeah you know what I, mean? I don't so, know. I don't know if these are long-term salaries because we don't know how long uh, the salaries they're offering are going to be for. Who, if it changes into season two, but that brings us to part two of our cover too, Brian, because salaries were leaked uh, at News USFL and other outlets are reporting these uh, leaked documents from the USFL. I like putting "leaked" in quotes because if it was leaked, it was probably released to someone on purpose. I don't know, but. This is the structure we've been told is reportedly the USFL structure, and it makes sense. Is it 100% accurate? I'd like to hear it straight from the league's mouth, but I don't know if we ever will. So here it is. Training camp players will make $600 a week. That's all players. And then once those are over and we're in the regular season, which you know is in 69 days, practice squad players in season will make $1,500 a week. Regular season active roster players will make $4,500 a week. And then you have $850 bonuses per player per win, whether you're active or on the practice squad. And then there's a $10,000 bonus for the players on the championship team. So do the math on that, Brian, because I don't want to. But that seems like a livable wage, at least for a part-time gig. And that's what this will be because players are going to be in training camp for a few weeks, and then play in a 10-week season with a couple playoff games if they get that far. So you're talking about, what, 16 weeks of your life from the year, a little bit more, maybe 20 weeks-ish, and uh, the USFL will be paying you to do the job on the football field. There we go. Yeah. Pretty nice. I'm, I mean, if you're in the active roster and you win the championship, you're looking at like a sixty to $70,000 salary, which in professional sports is nothing. But as a living wage, that's pretty good, even for those, you know, season. 
for you know, you could, just the chunk of your year. Yeah, that's yeah, not that's that's a competitive Q. salary for a year yeah. that you're getting you, in about three months. So those will be your Q two or three yeah. earnings, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, Q two. So, so, so kudos to uh, the USFL on, on on paying these players something that we've talked about in the past, which is a salary that can last them an entire year rather than something for a cool gig for ten weeks. So. So, so I'll tip my hat there. Is it sustainable? Remember, there's a lot there, a lot less players. It seems like that that are going to be with the uh, USFL per roster. So, at the end of the day, excuse me, I don't, I don't see a problem with the structure. I do see a problem with more so on the roster sizes, things like that, that maybe allow them to pay players as much money. Thirty-eight players. Remember, it's a uh, trimmed down. And we don't know uh, what players are really in this pool quite yet. They do have the player selection meeting coming up. How does the pay skill that's reported now compare to the XFL? Because uh, just by looking at those numbers that we read down there a few minutes ago, seems a little bit higher than the average XFL player's salary, especially if even yeah. like, like a Taylor Heineke riding the bench behind a quarterback who was brought in to start and, you know, Backup offensive linemen and whatnot—that's a uh, a lot more, I would say. Yeah, the winning the winning team received almost—I think it was like twenty-two hundred dollars. The base salary was around seventeen hundred. So, you know, it, it was definitely more of a gig amount than it was a uh, a full year's worth salary. I think you probably score around the—you know—on a winning team or a five hundred team. Let's just say you'd probably get somewhere around the vicinity of. 26 27,000 for the season 28 maybe call it 30 so it's it's not a lot but in both leagues it, not that not we're talking XFL 2020 we do not know the pay structure of XFL 2023 but in the USFL and XFL 2020 I would say you need supplemental income if you are a player in either of those leagues you need another source, whether it's another job, whether it's an, an endorsement or you have a gig or a side hustle. Uh, you need to be doing something else and, uh, you know, having those backup plans, because, again, you're not in the NFL. You're not getting paid to just be a football player wholly all year long. You're getting paid to be a part of a league, make contribute and get paid a fair amount most people would say, but compared to, of course, the NFL, it is pennies. Uh, is it worth it? That's up to the players. Um, if it were me and I was one of these young players that's looking to continue my career after college, isn't that, and that's who they're targeting, I, it seems like something doable, but every situation is different. And, of course, the USFL is able to pay this because they are cost-cutting a whole lot. Bubble season, uh, they aren't putting a lot of money into marketing. They're not putting a lot of money into anything except making sure that football games are going to be able to be broadcasted and players and coaches and staffs are going to be able to be in Birmingham to uh, put a whole season together. And we don't know the exact way everything's going to run in Birmingham for sure. Like we don't know if these players are being compensated for say food the entire time they're there working or housing. That's not for certain. I don't think, it's been report like rumored and sort of reported, but not 100% and not come from the league. But we do know that 
players are going to be in Birmingham all in one spot. They're saving a lot of money, Fox, by putting this league together. And if these numbers are for for certain the true uh, wage of a player, then we kind of have an idea of exactly how much they're putting into the league, which is, again, probably just enough to give us season one. And let's see where they go from there. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, even with Moose Johnson saying that we can't wait to compete with the XFL in 2023, that's great. And, and I and I like I said, I've been quoted as saying that this season will be completed. Whether or not there's a second season, I will not put any money on that right now. I don't know if anybody would. Um, and I think they got to make it through the first season. And, and as one famous person once said, "Oh, do you have, you got to insert the drop here?" Uh, Charlie Ebersaw. Sometimes it's about making it. That past is not the first a season, real business. We'll, we'll talk about that later. And that's what it truly is. It's about making it past the first season. Hopefully the USFL can. And, you know, if if both these, I'll say this, if both these leagues want to make this happen, then they shouldn't be afraid of each other. Competition's a good thing. Yeah, but also the, the there's many arguments for and against it. So the, the player pool getting watered down because there's two leagues is one because you can't really play in both most likely. Um, but then again, there's. But can I say the, can I say something to that really quick? Sorry, it's if that's the case. Long term, do you think a league would last with eight teams? No, that's and we had this discussion right last week that we want we we want and think there should be more than eight teams. And the funny part about the quote from Moose Johnson, I, I'll get it. We'll I'll close with because I think it really uh, says the whole thing here is okay. You're right. If you are welcoming a competition with the XFL, you really are looking forward to it. Get out of Birmingham because there ain't no way in hell you're going to compete really be a competitor if they are going to multiple cities and you're just playing in Alabama and you know, you both broadcast games on television. You're not playing at exactly the same time. Uh, I wouldn't definitely call that a competition. And the XFL I think is opening itself up to be a lot bigger than the USFL. Like you said, main course versus an appetizer. I didn't say that. Oh, well, so I we had with it. You agreed with with the XFL fanboy three, although you said off air similar things. Uh, but I said on air that it wasn't even a psychic dish. <laughs> the, you did say it was a dirty rag that you wash your hands with or something. I don't know. The, but the fact the is, thing they give you at the very end of watching the USFL is going to be a competitor. It doesn't even really need to pay, play at the same time as the XFL to me, but it does need to be in more than just Alabama and. We'll see you in 2023 if that is actually the case. But I like where they're they're going. I like how they're doing it, at least from a uh, paying the players properly way and from a mentality in the front office uh, that's saying the right things, that they're doing that, uh, but they're not doing much in terms of saying anything officially. Give us some news. Tell us about the rules. It's the damn Super Bowl. They're 69 Tell days away ideas from about kickoff. the rules. And we're not really being involved as fans in the USFL. It's, again, a TV show. And, you know, we don't hear. I don't know about you, but I, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember ever hearing too much about Frazier before they had their season premieres back when I was watching that show. Oh, yeah, Big except reference. the fact that he was on Cheers. He was on Cheers. That's, that's true. Again, but that, he's, actually, Frazier's a lot like the USFL. Someone you recognize from an old show, and they're bringing him on 
uh, for a, a, a new show, watch it this spring. Yeah, but how many years between Cheers and Frasier versus how many years between 1984 and now? <laughs> I, I mean... Fr- they were probably like five, six, seven years, maybe. I want to say, and this is yeah, like forty. Who? This is not the same life life cycle. <laughs> oh man! But there you go, the USFL with uh, some news. But of course, those are the pay structure leaked documents, not officially announced by the league. Do you uh, use but, this as uh, a um, as a standard for you if you're the XFL? Do you see this and be like, this is what we need to at least do to be competitive? Is that the only thing that's going to matter? Is the money to the players? For the yeah, from the players' side, it's the money, it's the ability, and f- to f- be flexible with. Okay, I want. I'm getting a call from an NFL team. I want to go there. Can I go? Can I leave? Do I like the contract? How tied in are they into the league? That's going to be a factor. Uh, the USFL seems pretty open to allowing players to go freely after the season. It's a kind of a a stint a tour of a tour they'll be doing of service in Birmingham and then they get out of there and then can try to go make an NFL training camp. The XFL needs to do things like that in terms of the dollar amounts. We'll see what they do. If they scale it, even it all out like the USFL does, I think paying a few extra standouts, if it's in the budget at Redbird, wouldn't hurt at least for quarterbacks. And based on when these two leagues are going to kick off, you might say that the XFL's target player are training camp cuts, whereas the USFL's target player are undrafted free agents. And but we're and we're hearing that the XFL will go for some young guns too, but maybe a mixture. This is a fl- a flat rate, so we're, I think we'll see across the board in the USFL those undrafted players, and not too many. Also, Rands, where in the XFL, maybe we'll see some forgotten names, a lot of really, really young players, and maybe, maybe some guys that were brought in uh, specifically paid a good amount or a decent amount to be a part of the league and be the well, faces of were, the league. Quarterbacks were, I'm, were paid I'm, I'm no, six for figures. that again. I'm for that again, for sure, uh, if it's in the budget, of course, but we don't know that for the XFL either. Um, we were told but we this are kind not, of stuff. But the XFL. Is yeah. not 69 days away from kickoff. That's true. We were told a lot more leading up to the XFL in 2020 than we are even into the XFL 2023, but compared to the USFL, my goodness. Not even, it's apples and oranges, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even a, a comparison, but we do know the USFL will kick it off in 69 days, which is by God closer than freaking ever. We're covering every step of the way. Maybe they'll announce something big on. On NBC during the Super Bowl, maybe. Who knows? Maybe Collinsworth, middle of the game, says I'm coming back. about the USFL. I'm playing in the USFL. No, I don't think you'll be saying that. No. Uh, I think maybe we'll be hearing all week, uh, besides Super Bowl hype, uh, most people, at least on sports talk and on TV, it's all going to be about the craziness in the NFL going on, Bryant. And oh, that that did you hear uh, what's his name just got arrested uh, from the Saints? Who? who? Kamara? Kamara just got arrested. Like an Alvin Kamara did. At least I saw like, that. That's what I saw. Really? Oh, I didn't even see that. For what? Something bad? Oh yeah, he's in Vegas. What? Oh, something in Vegas. Alvin Kamara is arrested in Las Vegas for battery, resulting in substantial bodily harm. Oh man, the NFL. 
is it's got it's got some stuff to clean up this week before their big Super Bowl. Or excuse me, the big game. We're on a podcast. We could say it. I don't think they're going to come after us. But in the grand scheme of it all, with the conversations they're having about that league, how does the XFL capitalize on it? Or how does it affect the XFL even? Let's discuss it in this week's Hot Read. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? The Dolphins apparently offered their former head coach, Brian Flores, $100,000 per loss was the number, I believe. Tons of money to tank back when they were stinking it up for Tua, tanking for Tua. And now he's fired and he's bringing this up. And it's just a crazy, crazy time in the NFL. Owners allegedly asking coaches to tank. It apparently happened in Cleveland, too, in 2016 and 17. Hugh Jackson claiming the Browns had a four-year plan that incentivized losing and the nfl's doing a lot of damage control right now meanwhile the xfl is prepping and planning and actually doug whaley was on tmz this week bryant the senior vice president of player personnel for the xfl and was asked about brian flores he said he's talented and they'd consider of course a a guy like him because the only requirement in the xfl is that you're talented and uh, there will be no tanking in the xfl or asking to do that uh, but the NFL is being accused of that, at least. I and mean, this is all going to probably go to courts, and or at least it'll be settled. We don't know. We don't know where it goes. That's what we're going to discuss now. Where does it go? Can you actually fathom this going somewhere to make major changes to the NFL, Bryant? First off, I'm thinking, do they actually ever hire black coaches in this league? Because more, <laughs> more getting filled, and they're by white men, and... In the meantime, there's still, like, I can't believe it. The, the team still, knowing the league, is really being destroyed publicly for that and everything else that came out this weekend. We get another uh, coach, I believe, hired in Miami, uh, Mike McDaniel hi- McDaniel hired. So Mike Tomlin's still the only black coach. I think there's still some coaching positions remaining. We'll see who gets them. Does that change? Do, what about the owners, though? Do they... Okay, maybe they don't hire black coaches, but do they pay at all for telling their coaches to tank? That's the most egregious thing I've heard in since the Patriots got caught cheating in the NFL, Bryant. Will the owners actually get kicked out? Like, Stephen Ross, do you think he could actually be kicked out of the NFL for asking Brian Flores to tank? Because I think he should if it happened, right? Yeah, I mean... Unless the NFL wants that to happen in some way, shape, or form, who knows? You know, that's when uh, Tom Brady was on the Patriots. So hey, you know, I, I think that's a shout out for you, Vince and Jake, right there. Is hey, yeah, because Tom Brady was on the Patriots. Who cares if the Dolphins tank and lose those two games every <laughs> year? Uh, is it a bad thing for the NFL? Yes, obviously. It, there's a lot of bad things happen with the NFL in that sense. They they seem to have good damage control which, you know, unfortunately doesn't bring light to a lot of these subjects that happen. So, you, you know, you look at it and you're like, what what, what can the NFL change and how does that affect coaching, not just the NFL, but everywhere, right? Because now coaches uh, will, will hopefully get opportunities. You know, the XFL had three black coaches, uh, Winston Moss, uh, Jonathan Hayes, and Pep Hamilton. And all three were in playoff contention. You know, one, you know, one of them was leading the East and Pep Hamilton. So, 
I'm fully supportive of figuring out ways to get owners to agree to make this Rooney rule not seem like a farce because it does seem like a farce at times and that's unfortunate it shouldn't be that way the XFL seems to have a home for a lot of these coaches as well if they don't I think Brian Flores does he ever coach again that's in the a, NFL the oh, question. Man, I would lo- I think it'd be badass if the Steelers hired him as their defensive coordinator, but I don't, I don't think he'll have a job in the NFL at all. At I don't see why not. This- he's a good coach, and if he's bringing yeah. it out, it's thing against the Dolphins, and if you're bringing him in for a BS interview, then so be it. Like, that, that's not okay. If you did that, then you deserve to be called out on it. Maybe he won't yeah, who, co- it, you know, coach for the, for the Broncos or the Giants. But um, these owners are – they are – Take, they work together like they don't if the Giants are being sued by a coach then another owner isn't going to hire that coach because he's going the just because they're competing on the you field you can get yourself in so much more trouble doing that they're working together to uh, make money together as a league collectively so that's where the, the interest is that's why I just don't I don't see it I think this the only way for this uh to really change is uh, Brian Flores. If he has hard evidence, Hugh Jackson. If they have hard evidence, they bring it, and this actually goes to, you know, somewhere beyond a settlement. And uh, you know, that's going to be so fascinating to watch how the and how the NFL's actually stepped up to by a head coach who's just pissed off. I love how pissed off Brian Flores seems to be, and he's he's fearless, and I love it. And I'm rooting well, for maybe him. it's something that he was willing to sweep under the rug because things seemed like they were going his way and being fair. When things don't go fair, all of a sudden the things that, you know, the, it's a reality of life, right? People look the other way until you kind of, you know, stab him in the back for looking the other way. And then as soon as you do that, it's like, well, why did I look the other way just so you could stab me in the back? That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- yeah, this guy was probably fine with okay. Yeah, you asked and offered me to tank, and I'll I'll accept that as long as you know I'm still the coach and we're turning things around a little bit. Lost eight, what seven, eight in a row, then one eight in a row, or whatever. But I have a good feeling about it. Wait, I'm fired. Wait, I'm fired. That's the other thing. I got a huge question I, I mark go. behind his firing, right? Yeah, that's- yeah. What the hell? Like it's just a really bizarre. And then there's of course conspiracies. Well, they were doing it because they were just hoping to get Harbaugh. Blah blah blah. That whole situation with that team is just crazy, but not. But beyond the Dolphins, it's the whole the league as a whole. So if the Dolphins owner actually offered money to tank the NFL, the Dolphins, all these teams are now with the legalization of gambling involved in literally the rigging of games because that is rigging. If you are tanking, you are rigging a game. There's like crazy repercussions. For that, if you're losing the game on purpose, yeah, that that that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you're so a general you, manager, you don't put a great team on the field. Is that rigging? That I mean, if as long as general, the players are trying their hardest, right? I guess is what matters. It's just so it's it's so. Has has a team in sports can't. history ever? And they weren't they never won a championship, but has a team in sports history ever come undone like the Miami Dolphins did when Dan Marino retired? Just become a, a the just the, as far as the league that that can't even get a quarterback and then they just, just not even mediocrity just this shambles and just no one cares who the I forget the Miami Dolphins even play half the time. <laughs> I mean it's just oh man, 
I'd like to introduce you to a team called the Detroit Lions because they've well, never but, even been well, to but the, Never. But that's what I'm Marino. saying. Yeah, never. But what I'm saying is that no team has fallen apart this much with one player, a, a, one star player like that left. The, the Lions is the Lions, okay? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll say this. Hail to Pitt. That's for sure. For sure. Uh, but, you know, the NFL might – do you – would they b- – before ki- – Stripping an owner of ownership from a team because they they apparently do have bylaws that pre- are supposed to prevent this. I'm sure there's like you can't do this. Yeah, um, but I still can't imagine that happening. But I could see them maybe changing rules that make it at least seem like teams don't have incentive to tank. Teams tank in the NBA all the time, but at least there's a lottery. In the draft. Yeah, but the players aren't you know? tanking. The coaches yeah, aren't tanking. The coaches are, yeah. Right? But the NBA is also, from a front office perspective, a lot easier to control losing. There's only so many guys on the court. If you want to lose, you can lose in the NBA. A lot easier yeah. than the Dolphins, which is funny because the, the Dolphins still are like always 8-8, eight eight, it seems, or around there. And they probably, in many years, They're were probably really to mad Jeff Fisher got 16. hired. By yeah. the USFL. Um, no, but it's – so do, do actual changes happen in the NFL or does it just continue? They do the damage control and they just move on most likely. But then there's then there's our perspective here now on the XFL. How do you take advantage of that? Because every little thing you can, you can differentiate yourself from the NFL. Every little way you can do that is a good thing for the XFL, I think. They even did it in 2020 with some things. Um, some people wanted to call it uh, the MAGA League because there was, you know, of course, they set themselves apart where, uh, you know, they weren't going to allow protests and polit- politicizing of games. That's at least one thing to set yourself apart to the, some fans. But then to the players also at the same time, they were saying, you know, a league of, of you're allowed to be yourself. So I don't know how they pulled that off. But this time, the XFL is saying it's a league of culture, and it's kind of seems like they're siding on more of players just speaking their minds and doing whatever. But then, of course, you could set yourself apart as a league where there's no tanking, a league where maybe you have a different draft uh, setup, a league where you uh, are going to actually hire minority coaches in a league that's predominantly full of uh, black players. You know, it's... And minority players, it's just there's different ways to take the issues the NFL's having at any point in time, 2020, 2023, and capitalize off on it. How does the XFL utilize that and, and, and t- turn it to their advantage? You already saw Doug Whaley already saying, hey, Brian Flores, a guy like him is welcome in the XFL. Well, he's a great coach. That's yeah. why he's welcome. It has nothing to do with the color of his skin or what he's done or anything like that, it's other than the fact that he's a great coach. He's a decent coach that that took the Miami freaking Dolphins to the brink of playoff contention the last two years. Like, what, what more do you need? Like, I, I'm not a fan of saying we're going to hire X amount of minority coaches and, and you know, or we're going to be a league where we hire at least half. Like, that's not how it works I, to me. But to me, you got to make it fair. You got to make it right. You got to make it seem like you're doing the right thing. Not seem like it. You got to be doing the right thing and make that prevalent. Because if not, then you're just going to be what the NFL is, and you don't want to do that in that sense. Because things like this always seems to come out. Look at John Gruden. Ten years later. Here we are. 
I don't. Yeah, I, maybe it's just a symptom of the X. The NFL has thirty-two owners, and the the ownership groups are. I mean, they're all thirty. They're thirty-two corporations, a part of a bigger corporate entity, and they don't know. I don't know why they don't make these these hires. The ones we're expecting them to make, for whatever reason, is it because they're owned by old white men? Is it because uh, they don't? They aren't comfortable with certain aspects of, of hiring a black coach. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but I have a feeling that the the reason is systematic. It's a part of – it's because of the way the NFL is, is propped up and set up to run as a business. That is why it's not it, – it's the way it is right now. The XFL now, on the other hand, is a league that's top-down owned by one group of people. Uh, not a bunch of different owners yet. Um, but maybe, here's my big grand idea for this hot read that I wanted to bring up and we can say goodbye, Bryant. Maybe the big way to really take advantage of this is you bring in owners of every team and you make some of them minorities. Like, the majority of them. Could they do that? That would be novel. To me, again, you lay out what you have in front of you and you pick the 8, 10, 12 best owners that you have available to you that are willing to purchase a franchise. But make the process right. You know, don't, no bias, no anything, just, you know, make it a process. And, and whether they're minority or not, it, it, you know, it, is is how it plays out. But you got to make this, the problem with what's going on with Flores is the fact that he doesn't feel like he's getting these are sham interviews these are sham opportunities the dolphins fired him that is the problem not so much what the end result is but the process to where you get to that end result it's a sticky situation the xfl could clean it up by simply making the process fair i agree with you just make it straight up whether there's ownership bids given on franchises or not or just the hiring of coaches. Just make it a fair process. You're talking about the, the two faces of this league. Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson are minorities in themselves. So uh, and you're starting there. Yeah. Can you build on that? Who knows? But the XFL has an opportunity to do this the way they feel will be the right way. Yeah. The NFL doesn't have that chance right now. They don't because that, that's the NFL's been around for a long time, and that's the system that's in place. So they can't really make those sweeping changes. But when presented with an opportunity, NFL, will you have the balls to kick a kick a owner out of the league for paying a coach to tank? Jeez, oh man, I can't believe I have to say that. That just seems so horrible, and especially in a world where, damn it, Pete Rose got kicked out of baseball for just betting on himself to win. At least he bet on himself to win. And these, I these mean, as far as we know, trying to lose. Oh, I trust Pete. He's a, he's a hall so is of this famer. Like the opposite of um, what happened in, in, in New Orleans, the uh, uh, with the money. What was it? The where the defensive coordinator was asking people, was paying people off. Oh, yeah. It. Bounty gate. Bounty gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, it's like a little bounty, but the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's in the other direction. And, uh, yeah, like you could compare it to that, too. At least, well, that was kind of dirty. They were paying for dirty plays. They paid extra for, which 
100% happened in the NFL forever until this day and age. I mean, come on. You don't think, like, at least I have to believe, like, 70s players, like guys in the 70s playing on the teams like the Raiders and the Steelers were like, all right, if you hurt this bastard today, I'll give you 50 bucks. What's, we'll what's his name? It was uh, Greg. Uh, what was the defensive coordinator's name? He even was the defensive coordinator of the Rams. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Greg Williams? The Greg Williams? I, th- I, I want to say it was. So. Either way. Uh, do you think he just forgot that cameras existed on phones at that time? And that's why he was still doing it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he coming from from the old school, they say, but also really dirty. And that's from, from, a, you know, from a coach, it's one thing. Players amongst themselves have definitely been happening, I'm sure, forever. Um, but that even is not as close to as egregious for the NFL as this because especially as someone who's just rooting for legalization of gambling across the board this taints it a little and it gives it it gives people ammo who are trying to block it or or stop this from happening you know across the entire country uh it gives them ammo and i it just upsets me too because you're in when you, I mean I'm, I can only imagine what people at like DraftKings are thinking when like damn it's oh my god owners are being are paying coaches to tank and we're trying to make this betting thing a a normalized a normalized thing for for everybody you can't do well, that do you, is this similar to the bounty gate where this is happening by all owners now and it's just all of a sudden one of them decided to speak up yeah. I mean, that's that's what you fear. That's why there's ammo, because you say, oh, if one's doing it, oh, Hugh Jackson says another's doing it. How many of the owners are doing it? How much of this league's on the up and up at all? And then you just go into conspiracy land. Someone's got to be paying the Lions to do it, right, at this point? Like, it's <laughs> to just, tank? <laughs> it's just, look, I want you know. guys to not win a championship. It's a great story. It'll be just the thing that we live off of the rest of our lives. Don't even don't even make it to the playoffs. And if you make it to the playoffs, just lose. Make sure we don't have a home playoff game ever. Ever? Have they ever had one in our lifetime? I don't know if it's ever, but it's not in my lifetime. Really? Not since I've been really it's... watching football. And that's been 22 years now. So I definitely have seen the Lions in the playoffs, I feel. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know if they sure. were home. Stafford was 0-3. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were on the road. They had a home game week 17 against the Packers to win the division and have their first home playoff game in I don't know how many years. And they lost, and then they lost on the road the next week as well. And now, is Stafford like the first player to ever sniff a Lions uniform or have to force to wear one that actually got to a Super Bowl? He's probably the first player. He's the first great Lions player to not retire instead of (laughs) <laughs> and actually just find another team to play for. He's the first great Lions player who found a way out of Detroit. <laughs> yes. Get that didn't involve retirement. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for him to ram it I, down the I, bungles. I might. Throats. We'll see. The, uh, yeah. the uh, NFL has some business to take care of in the Super Bowl, but more importantly with uh, all these issues they're facing, the XFL can only just look at them and assess how they put their league together. And I... Uh, for one, can't wait to see how they do it and what aspects of uh, these modern issues uh, they make sure are cleaned up in their league. 
first and foremost, Redbird Capital, don't be paying any of the coaches to tank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tanking hope- in the XFL is going to be very – I mean, we don't even know what – I mean, remember we did our season predictions and you predicted every team would be around that 4-6 and six to 6-4 six and four mark. You weren't far off. I mean, you had, you had the Roughnecks and the, the Vipers Hard kind t- of the bookends, but – yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tank in a league like this too. And, well, you also um, don't know what tanking is going to get you in the yeah. off season after your first season. Exactly. We were so yeah, excited so, to see what was going to happen in twenty twenty one. That was a unless, little other thing. We're like, unless it's a straight up, you know, a big check from the owner. <laughs> that's what tanking will get you. Yeah, that's true. The, it's uh, we had. To, all I had to do. You never bothered to do it, but I had to. I I brought this up on the show before, right when we were hired by the league go through like a corporate video thing where you click on answers. Oh yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. And it said like, if you ask a player to lose a game on purpose, you are violating this rule or the, like it is, they had, that was in the hiring process. I think I did do that. Yeah. It's like very illegal and wrong. Please. But it makes a lot of money. It does for, but the hashtag we want our jobs back. Yes, and also more importantly, if it screws gambling over, I swear to, because the XFL without gambling is not as strong. I will say that too. No league gambling. Gambling's not going anywhere in football. Not especially if you. It was gambling was prevalent enough in the X in with just Vegas. We're fine. (laughs) I hope you're right. I hope you're right. (laughs) Although Vegas is becoming like Disneyland, man. It's who, who knows where what that place is going to be like in twenty years. It's like the NFL doesn't think that that's the happiest place on the earth. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh man, players are there. Yeah, yeah you're right. Play, only a couple of years with players going there. It's no good so far. Really, one but, because the other one was a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So here we are. Uh, but either way, whatever happens, whatever doesn't happen, whatever tanking or non-tanking or paying off or not paying off, whatever happens. We are going to be here for you every single Sunday right here on your favorite podcast app. That's Apple, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give us that five-star review and tell your friends about us. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you want us to cover, well, then call or text the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. Remember, standard text messaging rates do apply 24-7, by the way, anytime you want. Uh, also, follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. That's Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, I think YouTube's even at XFL Show. I don't know. But either way, uh, catch us there. Or if you want to come and say hi. Say hello to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash nope, www.xfl.show, the official website of This is the XFL Show. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Pretty Easy Podcast. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get started today because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. I did that without I, my my read. So, Well, I have, a conf- I have a confession for everybody. Before Brian started his spiel there, his end of the show spe- spiel, I, I paid him to mess up xfl.show. Oh, yes. So did you have and, the over under? Yeah, I paid him to screw that over, screw that up. I made some money on it. He made a little money on it. You didn't really. You're not any of the wiser, and the show goes on. So Just for like next week, can we do the over under on how long it'll take me to go through that reader, and whether I hit we'll it t- or not? One one minute twenty six seconds over or under. We're gonna start doing props on the show, and hopefully, we'll be we'll be able to be wagered on on FanDuel or something someday, <laughs> or at least on the Carlos app. That'll be nice. <laughs> be great, Carlos. 
I might hit you up this weekend. We'll see. Gam- gambling's going nowhere, especially Super Bowl <laughs> week, baby. Get your squares or whatever you do. Go get my Enjoy squares. the big game. Ram it. I know the Bungles are everybody's favorite. They're nice, every, but I'm a Steeler fan, so I just cannot stand them, and I'm rooting hard against them. So I'm rooting for you, buddy. Go get them. Uh, thank you. I will hopefully, uh, you know, I come when we, uh, whenever that game is after this show or before it. I'm in an in a, a elated state of mind. Uh, I've never won a Super Bowl with a team, uh, you know, following in them the out city, the entire season. And yeah, the exactly. city you're in, yeah, yeah. I know this. I is, was this rooting for the exciting. Rams hard in '99, but I didn't start that season as a Rams fan. I kind of started liking them as the season progressed. Yeah, you you bandwagoned them, and then you're you plotted with Cronky to steal them from St. Louis, and now you got them. And look at you, look at me, look and at me. again. For everyone in St. Louis who's really upset. This could have been you. By Brian and the Rams right now. My <laughs> heart's with you too. Kaka's the law. But I can't be watching the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. So there. I just wanted to shout you them think out. There's, there's still got to be some diehard Rams fans in St. Louis. Are there? And that has to be. Some people are really just in. It's tough. I don't know. I can't speak from experience, so I don't know how I would deal with that scenario at all. That the Steelers just, aren't going anywhere. They have a nice stadium. Yeah, and they're not well, in St. Louis. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. The bridges are mean, falling in Pittsburgh. Come on. That's very true, like, yes. Plenty of things to and be And Jeff Bezos' yacht need to get through or something? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, they, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> There's infrastructure issues. We've got we've to clean them up. First, first and foremost, everybody needs to get their their moral act together. Stop paying people to tank, and let let's just all everybody love everybody, please. Everybody love and, everybody. Everybody love football because this is a fourth full of a football. Alan, we are two days away from the two year anniversary of kickoff. What are you doing? Uh, I will be commemorating by calling my good, close, personal, longtime dear good friend, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, and just reminiscing a little bit. And uh, saying hi. And then I'll probably go in the corner and cry. Until next year. Yeah, I'm going to watch the game. We'll see. Let us know what you're doing at XFL Show for the two-year anniversary. I'm sure the game's available on ESPN, YouTube, somewhere. Uh, you can check it out. I have the heart. I have the original copy. but that's just. Oh, you, you taped it. Dragons no. and Defenders. Sure. We'll just leave it at that. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> even say what I actually have. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it for this week's show. Next week's show, Super. Super Bowl week. Hopefully we have that XFL announcement. If not, we'll just be chugging along down the road to 2023. For Bryant, I'm Alan. Thanks for listening. Remember, they're watching.